Hello and welcome to the Trainer Tools podcast. I'm John Tomlinson. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking to Gary Platt, and it's about how to make objectives measurable that aren't really smart objectives. So it's very useful, those kind of behavioral objectives, which are quite hard to write, quite hard to be specific, quite hard to make them measurable. This isn't really about training as such or about training techniques. It's more about the kind of content that we're often asked to give, either within training courses or within more one-to-one advice, consultancy and coaching. I hope you find it useful. Hi, I'm here again with Gary Platt. How are you, Gary? I'm fine, thank you. And what do you want to talk about today? I wanted to talk about uh, an alternative approach to setting objectives. And it's a a, a different way of setting objectives for people which are not SMART-based. So when you talk about setting objectives in this context, you're not talking about training objectives or learning objectives as part of the course. You're talking about course content that we would teach to managers doing a performance management course yeah absolutely so typically uh, if we're teaching managers how you know how to write and how to set objectives particularly for things like appraisals or projects we talk about uh, them being uh, smart and uh, well let me ask you I mean uh, do you ever get involved in training people to to write smart objectives Oh, absolutely. It's one of the um, main things that I do, in fact, around performance management right. training in general. And, and do, you ever... do you want me to tell you what I think SMART stands for? Yeah, go on then. Because everybody's got a different definition of SMART, yeah, haven't yeah. they? Well, the version that I use is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Right. I had to think then. Right. No, it's agreed. Sorry, it's agreed, realistic, and time-bound. Right. I mean, I mean, as you say, I think... Uh, the last one I, I think there's about seven different versions. And the one I use is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. Okay, so you're familiar with this. Now, let me ask you another question. Do you ever get managers complaining that the measuring element is difficult to apply to some sorts of objectives that they want to set with staff, particularly if it's things like teamwork in? or innovation that's that sort of thing oh yeah yeah i get complaints about measurement in more or less everything in fact yeah Yeah. not just those ones i think those are the most complicated ones but in in almost any kind of objective to make sure you're actually measuring the right thing rather than just the measurable thing is always a huge challenge well uh, what what happened to me is uh, i was um i was working in wales for uh, a company and the challenge that they'd got is that they they got certain groups of people that were underperforming. And what they wanted to do was to address some of the behaviours. And some of these behaviours were things like team working, uh, innovation, uh, customer orientation. And uh, the issue that was raised with me was that if you went out and set a measurable objective for teamwork, it would only measure, you know, dependent upon, you know, what you set, a very thin slice of what effective teamworking was. And the issue that they want uh, they wanted to address is it was like there was an attitudinal issue. And, and so consequently, what they wanted was um, something that was a more satisfactory fit 
to setting objectives in that sort of area. And that's where that was basically the genesis of this approach that I developed that uh, that was adopted by this company. Well, that sounds extremely useful because I think everybody in any kind of workplace would agree with how difficult it is to even set those objectives and never mind measure them. Yeah. And the pressure we all have to make them smart. Yeah. I sometimes think smart is almost too good an acronym. I think the acronym almost takes over the whole process because it's such a, it's such a smart acronym. It's a very neat acronym. I think smart objectives are the best. I think they are without question. If you can measure something, it's absolute. You know, the person either does it or they don't. But if we're talking about attitude and, you know, general behaviours or or the way somebody expresses values in the workplace, if you just put one measurable element, you know, one particular uh, metric, then then in those circumstances, smart objectives start to start to fail to some degree. So do you want to explain your approach and how are you going to structure that now? They're not as... Uh, simple and as straightforward as smart objectives but i think they are a viable option and they're relatively straightforward but you just have to play by a different set of rules so the, the what happens is the manager obviously has to recognize and identify the area that they want this individual to improve i mean that's that, you know that's a, a, an absolute given so Once they've identified the area where the values uh, the individual uh, expresses, the behaviours that they are are not adequate, what the manager has to do is have a sit-down discussion with the individual and and discuss uh, and talk about what they're not doing or what they're failing to do or what they're doing inadequately. And that that has to be a fairly in-depth discussion because if you were talking about team working, there'd be a whole gamut of behaviours and actions. I mean, do you take my point, John, that if you just set one smart objectives in, in relation to teamwork, it only measures one particular sliver of a quite broad range of, of approaches? Do you mean if you actually specified a particular behaviour? Yeah. Yes, and say I want you to work on this one behavior. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You 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 might get some progress, but it would be on a very narrow uh, range. Precisely, and it might well be that the progress that that individual makes is purely mechanical in that area, uh, and against all the other broad areas of team working, that again there's very little, or it's uh, the progress that's made is is nondescript. So how does your process differ? I think team working is a great example. We can work through that example, I, I guess, for the whole cast. Right. So how would your process differ? Well, what, what, would, what we'd now start to talk about uh, is, you know, what does good teamwork consist of? And, and that broad range in discussion, you know, might cover six, seven, eight, nine, ten broad areas. And it could be things like participation in meetings, constructive responses to questions from the team providing support and feedback to other members within the group, actively participating and proactively contributing. And and it's those sorts of descriptors that cover a very broad range of of behaviours, which from the management's perspective, if this individual then started to behave in those broad range of ways, then they would be satisfied 
that they are making adequate and appropriate progress. So, so the first thing that's got to take place, John, is a, a very broad-ranging discussion about what are we talking about when we talk about teamwork, you know, and what are the issues that this individual is demonstrating or is not demonstrating according to uh, what the problem is. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that would be the line manager and the job holder together having a conversation and just trying to make a lot more tangible. Yes. What's quite a vague word like team building where there could be, a, there's a lot of potential for misunderstanding. So it's just a case of solidifying that around some actual descriptors. Yes, exactly. But they're still fairly unmeasurable, aren't they? At this, yeah. at this point, they're still fairly unmeasurable. Yeah, aren't they? there's, you know, there's not, there, within those descriptors, we're not, we're not seeking to define a metric because what, what we're going to do is a slightly different approach to measuring the progress uh, that the individual makes so we don't we don't need to be too concerned about how many meetings this person attends or how many suggestions they make or how much feedback they give to people uh, because we're not going to measure it using that kind of an absolute quantifiable metric so do you want to talk us through what the next step would be once we've got those descriptors right well once we're satisfied that the uh, the person with whom the line manager is working uh, understands and shares the same understanding about what it is we're trying to do, what the manager now has to do is to follow this up and basically observe and measure the progress of the individual against these areas. Now, what they do is measure against two factors. And those two factors are constancy and consistency. Now, constancy is how frequently are they doing this? Uh, do they, at every opportunity, follow through and adapt and adopt to the behaviours and the approaches that we've described and agreed uh, with the individual? So, you know, basically, how constant are they? How frequent are they? In, in undertaking and applying the new behaviours. And, you know, again, for the, for the company, it was a, a, a you know, relatively simple uh, set of measures that we used. You know, what zero would be never, once would be incredible, would be, you know, extremely infrequently, two would be, you know, uh, 50% of the time. And it would go up to say something like four, where the person was doing it constantly all the time they were applying with a reasonable amount of vigor and focus in terms of what they were doing and that that's constancy so that yes how constant are they applying it and you know and and then the manager has to proactively follow this up you know um it's not like setting smart objectives and walking away and then reviewing uh, at a milestone point three months down the line the manager has to be engaged with and proactively manage the progress. So it's it's not a they're not a get out of jail uh, objective for the manager. Um, they are they probably require more attention. But it, I think in some cases it it is a slightly more satisfactory approach. So that's that's the first element. Can I just ask a couple of mechanical questions about that? Yeah. Are you saying that for each and every descriptor? you are giving a, a number that's probably zero to four or just for the whole team building package? No, I'm, I'm going for the whole team building package. 
I'm looking for this person now to adopt and uh, apply and be committed to this, you know, this whole team working package that we've described. And I expect to see them doing it, uh, you know, on the shop floor or, you know, or in the office or in meetings or, or, or wherever it is that we've defined that this person needs to start uh, acting appropriately. And as a manager, I'm doing this with my own judgment. Am I also seeking feedback from other people? Or I guess that's on a case-by-case basis. Yes, I I think that's on a case-by-case basis. But, I mean, the other thing that's important to mention here, John, is that the manager is sharing this with the individual on a fairly regular basis. You know, and if they see that this... I was going to ask you that. So it's not like at the end of the year where you just go up and say, right, you got three out of four. No. You would be perhaps on a monthly basis or... or even more frequently saying, I think you're heading for a two here. I think you need, or whatever it is, whatever the conversation is. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be saying, you know, where they are in the numbers every week or, you know, every fortnight. But the manager, if this is an important and it's a relevant and it's a pertinent issue that this person's got to develop in, I would hope and expect the line manager to be giving them feedback anyway. And, and, And this system is an absolutely requires them to do that. Okay, so that's constancy. Yeah. So that's how frequently they're doing it. Yeah. And the other side of it you said was consistency. Yeah. So consistency is how well they do it. So, you know, if what they do is half-hearted or incompetent or just does not fulfill the criteria that we've we've described and we've discussed then clearly that's not acceptable. So not is it just about constancy, how frequent, how often, but it's how well or how badly their attempts are. So, for instance, if one of the requirements of this team working is that they are proactive in meetings, coming forward with ideas, making contributions, having a positive uh, demeanour, Uh, when they're interacting with people, that's what we'll be looking for, that when they do that, they are being genuine uh, in their approach. They are attempting to apply and adopt this behaviours in a fairly uh, adequate and appropriate way. So it's constancy and then it's consistency, you know, how well or how badly they are doing. And, And again, obviously, once again, John, it's about giving that person feedback about that. And again, assigning that kind of same measurement system. Yes. So zero would be, they might attempt it, but they absolutely put no effort into it. It's, uh, it's totally inadequate and inappropriate what they do. And, and then it would go up through a series of levels and it, go, it would go up to, say, a four that would uh, allocate that this person is doing an excellent job. I mean, one of the things I could do, John, is I've, I've written a short article where this numerical system, I've written it up on and, and what the whole approach is. And if you wanted, you could have that as a document that uh, people could access and download if you've got that facility. Sure. If anybody would like um, a copy of that, then please get in touch. There is a contact form on the Trainer Tools website, which is www.trainer-tools.com. Yeah. And on that site, you could ask for this form. And I've also seen you blogged it on LinkedIn, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, 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 and what I would say uh, with that, it's, uh, it, it, does, it measures whether these people are doing it, but it, it measures basically their effort and then how effective 
their effort is, you know, whether they're good at it or not. So there doesn't have to be an absolute metric in the objective, but there has to be an adequate and clear descriptor of the sorts and types and kinds of behaviours and approaches that this person, you know, has to adopt. So these are what you call behavioural objectives. Yeah. Essentially, you're still being you're still being very specific because you're actually you're cracking open a phrase like team building into actual behaviours that you want people to exhibit. Yes. The measurement system that you're really challenging and coming up with a very different way of doing it by on one axis doing constancy, which I guess is about quantity, and the yeah. other, the other axis consistency which i guess is about quality yes yeah exactly i, I couldn't have put it better yeah quantity and quality is, is exactly what um, you know we're talking about there and what i think the process then allows the manager to do is to start to address and be fairly and reasonably objective when assessing this person's approach to and their attempts at seeking to address, you know, the issues that we've raised. Uh, and, and, you know, and it, it is a case and it is a fact that for some managers, it is about the general attitude, the general approach, you know, the values that this person is expressing in the workplace, which do not lend themselves to a smart type objective. But I think you can start to make quite, well, it, it does work, you know, it, it's in operation. It does help to make significant inroads when we're just talking about these much broader uh, approaches to particular areas of an individual's job. Do you have another example which would help us un understand how it could be used? Another area, another organisation where this is in, in use is an organisation that's heavily involved in design uh, and development and innovation uh, in an engineering field. Now, if you're in charge of design engineers, it's, it, I, I, it's virtually impossible to start setting smart objectives for how innovative they will be. <laughs> You know, you, you know, you will come up with five new ideas every month or something like that. It just doesn't lend itself um, to that kind of smart metric. So in, in those circumstances, uh, what, what the um, design uh, director is doing is talking about, this, you know, the sorts of things that they would like to see happening and occurring within this particular design department and how this individual might contribute and that might be through getting involved in a whole new range of products uh, looking at and starting to use 3d printers as a way of um, speeding up processes and systems uh, integrating and pulling in ideas from unrelated engineering fields now now none of those necessarily very easily or very effectively lend themselves to a smart objective but you can do what i've just done and start to describe those things and have a very thorough and clear discussion about them and then start to look at how constant how constantly this person starts to do that you know and how consistently you know good or bad they do in in, in undertaking it um, and if this manager is giving the person good clear and adequate feedback then the person knows whether they're making good progress or whether they need to do more or whether they need to approach it in a different way. Does that sit comfortably with you? 
Yeah, I think that example illustrates quite well just the importance of the feedback part of it. Yeah. And the fact that there does need to be an on, I mean, as there does in all good performance management, of course, there does need to be an ongoing conversation between the line manager and the job holder. Yeah. And the only way with something like that, in that example of a design engineer and being innovative, because they work quite independently as well, I would imagine. Yeah. It yeah. does have to be an ongoing quality conversation. Yes. And, you know, and, and the other thing, again, I think sometimes what happens with smart objectives, especially with appraisals, is, you know, they get set in January and then in many instances they don't get visited again for another 12 months, you know, and in which case it's a kind of fire and forget approach. You know, they, they set the objective and then we don't bother looking at it again. Whereas with this approach, if you did that, it would be it would fail, you know, within hours. It's got to be a process where there's, you know, fortnightly or, or reasonably regular discussions and feedback about what the individual, what progress the individual feels they're making and whether the manager agrees or whether they think, uh, you know, there's some difference there between your view and my view. Yeah, I can see that it could be hugely powerful with that kind of objective. Yes, I think so, yeah. Is there any example of where this obviously doesn't work or any, if, anybody, if anybody listening to this is thinking about how they might want to talk about it in a course are there any kind of watchwords or warning signs that people need to be aware of the big the biggest problem is the one we've already alluded to is if you have managers who just want to set objectives and then they don't bother managing they're too busy doing something else which lots of managers peculiarly are uh, then it which they usually describe as their day job yes yeah exactly uh, they won't uh, it won't work you know it will fail uh, and, and the other thing i would i would readily uh, uh, recognize john i think if you can set smart objectives it, it, they're much easier to review in the sense of it's absolute you either do it or you don't you reach the target or you don't you know you you achieve the objective or you don't Whereas this one, it's much less tangible. And that's why you've got to have this constant dialogue taking place between management uh, and the individual so that we maintain a clarity about whether there is progress taking place. But other than that, I haven't yet encountered... I mean, it, I mean, uh, the other thing to say, John, is that um, this is only, you know, this, this idea, this approach, basically, I only developed back in September... So, uh, you know, what progress has been made has been made since September. And what I can say is that in, in the particular design company I referenced and in the, uh, the electricity company I was referencing, the generating company, they, it's working well. And the managers have been attracted to it because they had so many problems trying to set smart objectives in these behavioral areas. I was going to say, I think the, the only problem I could see is if you're going into a company which doesn't have a management culture, and therefore it might be like too many steps in one go. Yeah. But, but if you've already got the management culture kind of there, or at least that argument roughly won, even if the behaviours aren't quite following, then at first glance I can't see a problem with it either. I think it's really quite, quite enabling for a manager and takes a lot of the pain out of yeah. the appraisal and performance management process. Yes, that would be my view. As you can tell, it's a relatively simple descriptor and process. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science, so to speak, to get your head around this. And uh, where you've had managers who have been challenged by having to set smart objectives that don't fit the challenges they've got, they have been genuinely attracted to it. They've liked the idea. 
Okay, well thanks for that Gary. I think that's going to be really, really useful in terms of helping people write behavioural objectives and come up with some kind of measure. And of course it does have the added benefit of enforcing what is good line management in in terms of that ongoing conversation we've discussed. A key part of my role is developing and helping uh, managers and management teams to deliver high levels of productivity uh, in the workplace. Well, thank you very much for that, Gary. I'm quite looking forward to sharing that at, uh, at work in the coming months and weeks. Well, thank you very much, John. Look forward to speaking to you again. Okay, bye-bye. That was me speaking to Gary Platt about his approach to behavioural objectives. If you want to know more about Gary, please go to the Trainer Tools website, trainer-tools.com, and you can find out more about him there. There's links, etc. He's also written a comprehensive blog on LinkedIn, which covers the material that we talked about today. So if you do want to go back and read it, it's there, and the link for that is on the website as well. There won't be a podcast next time, because August the 10th is in the middle of my summer holidays. So I'm afraid you'll have to wait till August the 25th, but we have a really good podcast then with Sunita Semi, which is about how to deal with diversity in the training room. If you want to show support for this podcast, please do. We've been going six months now since the very beginning of 2015. Thanks for all your support so far. Please do continue to support by giving us lovely reviews on iTunes, by sharing the content through social media, by visiting the website, leaving comments. And also, if you want to contribute, if you've got some good ideas about what we could talk about, please do get in touch. Apart from that, have a good summer, and I will see you on August the 25th.